This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast for what will be the 205th episode of the show since it kicked off back in the year of our Lord, that's Tandon, 2013. I'm Trev Daniel, I'm speaking to you from my freshly mown field in the royal county of Meath in beautiful rural Ireland, and I'm joined as ever by my fellow curmudgeons, the newly mic'd up Carl Kopak and the newly... Well, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's got a... Mike, here's what happens. He walks over my intros as well as my fucking outro. Oh, that right. My God, it's like having a fog on. It's fantastic. Yeah, you've also rattled me enough that I've cursed in the introduction. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, I was also going to introduce the newly disgruntled Ca- uh, Cam Branch. How are you, Cam? Any uh, words of wisdom for us this week? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, I'm Actually, the, Mrs. B has allowed me to put the uh, light on in the shed. <laughs> Luxury. So, yeah. Well, it took me an hour to get out of the shed last week because the latch got caught, and yeah, but that's another story. Um, oh no! Oh, well, well, roll back. I want more of this, please. Also, also, is that a euphemism? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do have uh, a couple of paragraphs of stuff, all right. Um, It's obviously being transferred deadline day. I I wanted to um, just make a – I found this little piece online earlier, and I I apologise. I plagiarised and copied and pasted, So, uh, but it, it was just a brilliant little couple of paragraphs, and I wanted to share that with you. So here we go. In the summer of 2000, Luis Figo made one of the most infamous transfers in football history when he left Barcelona to sign with their hated rivals Real Madrid for a then world record fee of £37 million. Barca fans never forgave the Portuguese midfielder for an object such as a pig's head at him when he returned to play for Real at the Nou Camp. Evidently, Barcelona's former president, uh, Joan Gaspart, who was vice president at the time of the move, Still hasn't forgiven the player some 17 years on. When asked about Neymar's 2017 move from Barca to Paris Saint-Germain for a new world record fee of 200 million, 
Gaspard managed to throw both players under the bus in one fell, one fell swoop. Vigo left with a treachery and with no time to renew the team, Gaspard said. He was a coward who betrayed us. Betrayed us. Neymar went for the money. Full stop. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Uh, probably a hell of a lot more drama than anything that we can refer to today when we do get on to talking about the transfer window. What was your source for those lines, do you know? I, I, you know what? I was going through something and I, I will, I will have to come back, find it again because I, I'll have to go back through my history and find it. I'll give me one. I'll, give, I'll come back to you in a minute. Give me one minute and I'll find it. Well, one way or the other, you've openly acknowledged that's something you came across. And you know, do you know what? In terms of controversial transfers, that is a belter. It genuinely is. And like, we've had very few to rival it since. Um, and again, like I say, contrast fairly starkly with the complete lack of drama in today's one. But we'll get to that. Carl, you, like you, like you said, you're talking into your new, um, um, amplifier there, uh, to enhance even more the delights of what you refer to yourself as the liquid gold of the Carfax race <laughs> Absolutely. On, on a regular basis. So uh, talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about how you're getting on this week. And if you've got any opening thoughts, please feel free to share them. And after the break, we'll have Deacon. Um, <laughs> but my, my, my quote, the way I should explain, we, we do these quotes because it's uh, what's been on our mind this week or what's happened to us. And, uh, um, so obviously I, I didn't tell Robinson one a few weeks ago, um, but this one this is a bit weird because this one actually begins mid-sentence. That there is no start to the sentence, and it's this. So you can imagine a dot dot dot. What they have in store for them, they will stop this instant. But do I desire that? My answer is no. They will suffer just as I. I will see to that. Received a letter from Michael. Perhaps I'll visit him. We'll have to come to some sort of decision regarding the children. I long for peace of mind, but I sincerely believe that this will not come until I have sought my revenge on the whore and the whore master. Okay, that's a very, very angry sounding gent. Very, very. Uh, uh, what that is, it's obviously a Jack Ripper related. That mm-hmm. is the opening section for known as the Maybrick Diary. So James Maybrick was a cotton merchant in Liverpool, um, and in 1993, it was. Um, I'll still say alleged because they're still not 100% true, but not everyone believes this is the case, that they found a diary in the room he died, actually the room next to the room he died in, um, in Liverpool, and it's known as the 1993 Jack the Ripper diary, the Maybrick diary, and those are the open lines from it. And they were written, we reckon about, well, they were supposed to be written about um, March uh, 1888, a good five months before the first Jack the Ripper murder. And I went to a talk on Saturday about the, about some of the uh, the findings in the in the letters and there's little codes in there and I thought it was all rubbish that to be honest but I quite enjoyed the talk so I've been reading about James Maybrick this week. Can I just ask a simple question here because yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm not well, yeah. a, not a ripperologist. Is the theory working theory therefore that he is a potential uh, a identity for Jack yeah. the Ripper? Yeah, and, he, 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 he doesn't put his name on it, but he refers to his family and his wife. So um, do, have we have we had a whole lot of people doing this? Um, oh God, what was the type of science that that they that they did in that um, in well, that the, mic- bo- the mitochondrial testing and all that sort of stuff? Well, I was thinking I was I was more thinking more about that language analysis that they do in the Unabomber um, um, show on on, on uh, Netflix. The the guy that solved it by looking yeah. at the similarities in language is is so. 
is is that what what they're basing it off the the various letters, the various notes, and how it crosses over with the stuff in this diary? If it's even weirder than that, there's things like there's little jokes in it, and it, oh, there's something called um, I can't believe we're going into this, but it, it's something called the Caesar cipher. Whereas, do you know where the, where the company um, IBM come from? Where that title comes from? Yeah. Because if, you, if you're like Hal, which is the computer name on um, uh, from from Space nineteen Space nineteen ninety nine. From that 2001 Space Oddity, if you write the words HAL and then write the alphabet through those letters, so the letter after H is I, the letter after A is B, the letter after M, uh, uh, um, uh, L is M. That's where IBM comes from, apparently. Um, and they've done that with some of his letters and the, uh, the Ripper letters and Maybrick comes up. But amusingly, so does the word Carl as his highlight. <laughs> yeah. With a yeah. K. You, you say amusingly, I would say distressingly. <laughs> <laughs> frankly <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean the, the the big thing about the maybrick uh, diary is um uh, the publisher uh, a man called robert smith gave a talk on this that he's absolutely he's he, he owns the diary and he's done lots of passion on it and he says this was written in 1888 uh, that doesn't mean he's the murderer because people were into fan fiction and slash even back then um and, and james maybrick was, was a bit mad um and one, one last thing, I'm going to assume that that's not the cure fellow, the Robert Smith, but one last thing, I was reading something recently about one of my um, current um, uh, obsessions, uh, I'm looking into, I guess, uh, some of the more uh, unpleasant characters that the, from around the turn of the century, and obviously Alistair Crowley features heavily, yeah. and there's a lot of links there, I think I mentioned it to you before, but they all seem very fanciful to me, have you come across any links between between Crowley and, and the Ripper that might make any sense to you, or is it all a bit the, that? Well, the, there's the whole sort of, is it, um, the way the bodies were killed, were they killed in a Masonic ritual? Where they exactly. In a certain yeah. way. That, that, that. Well, the, the Mason theory is, is, is huge in Ripper, because the way the bodies were killed, uh, were found, people said, there were people saying, oh, they're killed in a Masonic ritual, um, and oh, there's the whole royal conspiracy, which is just absolute stupidity. Um, and um, that's being debunked even by the people who came up with the idea in the first place. But there's a whole sort of black magic routine because um, obviously the bodies were dismembered. Well, they were dismembered in a certain way. I won't go into it because it's nasty, but um, it's all bollocks. Jack the Ripper was a man who lived in Whitechapel and he, he didn't get caught. And he was just a boring man. Love it, love it. And uh, at some stage, we will uh, delve further back into that and get more knowledge from you. Cam, I believe you found the source of your quote in the interim. I did, yeah. It was uh, sportsgeeder.com and 10 of the most memorable transfer-related transfer quotes in football history. So um, there's, there was there were some rubbish ones on there, but the, the Figo one and the Neymar, that, I thought that was just quite bitter, really. And uh, it can show you how, how transfers, in one, in one respect, football clubs need transfers. It's how they generate money. It's how things, you know, it's how the football world, you know, used to roll around before, the, you know, all the commercial money came in. You know, you'd buy a player and you'd develop him and you'd, you'd sell him for big money. And that's how a lot of clubs survive. But, you know, for a big club like Barcelona and for a vice president still to hold that bitterness after that amount of time, I just thought was, wow, he's angry. 
He's who's angry. angry. Yeah. Well, that that's that's a lovely kind of a, a lovely a lovely spot to to kind of link up with Carl's equally angry and bitter uh, thoughts. <laughs> uh, and I just kind of wonder um, how many of our fans will feel uh, elements of anger and bitterness. Um, it can seem a little bit more than a little bit churlish. It can seem more than a little bit ungrateful. It can seem all sorts of things. Um, and then, of course, there's a little element of understanding uh, that you have to have when you hear people saying this, because most of us, because we are, let's face it, we're greedy fans and we want our team to win. And I think all of us have at least one thing that we'd like extra, and that's maybe always going to be the way. I do feel that if we'd gotten either a Fekir type or a top, top class centre half, most of us would have just breathed easy and said, that's brilliant, that's possibly the best thing that's ever happened in terms of progress for Liverpool but we've only got one thing to talk about today Liverpool wise and deadline day it looked like we'd have nothing to talk about whatsoever Cam but it does look as if at the uh, about two hours overtime just pushing and bending the rules to their maximum it looks as if Southampton have done a deal um, which will amount uh, ultimately um, with add-ons of two million to 20 million pounds for Danny Ings um, and there's a Gorgeous tribute from Klopp uh, to Ings on his departure. I'll read a couple of select lines from that later on. But just initially, your thoughts on that. Um, people were getting their knickers and twist about how nobody was heading out. Uh, there's still obviously room and time for Origi to go as well, and one or two others. Um, but we'll talk about them in a minute. For now, just your thoughts on this um, move for Ings. Um, was it something that Liverpool needed to do? Um, does the fee uh, interest you in the slightest? Um, does it represent... Uh, great value um, or sorry great um, reward for the club uh, in your opinion just talk to me a little bit about it um, it's a great move for Danny Ings I think um, he's going to a club that is his level I think Liverpool was a, a step too far for him um, but who, how could he not want to come to play for Liverpool it's got to be you know on the the hit list of uh, many a player out there, you know, if Liverpool come knocking on your door, you want to go there. So I don't begrudge him being at Liverpool. Don't ever think he was really the standard we needed uh, to progress. I've I've always seen him as a mid-table uh, level player, and and that's shown now with his move to Southampton. Uh, obviously, it's only um, a loan move to start with, so we we don't see that fee till next summer anyway, and that's only if he stays injury-free completes a season uh, and then it's it's guaranteed. I mean, what happens if he breaks down again towards the end of the season? Do do, do Southampton then have anything in, in the agreement that says we don't sign him? We, I, we don't know that yet. So at the moment, you, you can't look at the fee, I think, um, because we, we're not going to see it. So it's wages off the book. It's a player at a club and his career, it, it, let's be honest, it, it, it comes to a standstill at Liverpool, he'd stagnated. He, he was he was not ever going to be second choice to uh, Bobby Firmino. It, it was too much of a, a drop in quality. So uh, you know, good luck to the guy. You know, he's he's never said a bad word. He's always put his head down. He's worked hard. He's he's, he's suffered two horrific injuries, and you know, to come back from those and still be of the standard of a Premier League footballer is is admirable. 
It's it's it is and and the rest. Uh, that's that's something that we just have to say uh, right out front. To come back and be even in the reckoning to be able to get an odd game, an odd appearance for the Reds, and be able to command a move like that to a solid Premier League club is a real tribute to the guy's character. Um, no matter what yep. you say, uh, and and obviously his talent too. I mean, that go the two go hand in hand. I mean. Carl Cam mentioned something there. I mean, the, the 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 official website says Danny Ings has joined Southampton in a deal that will see him loaned to St Mary's Club for 2018-19 and then moved to them permanently on July the first, 2019. The switch was concluded prior to ter- to Thursday's deadline. Now it looks as if then that. Uh, there, that's kind of unequivocal. Uh, Cam sort of flagged up a potential worry there. I don't know. We don't have enough details to, to get too anxious about that, but it does seem to be a, a done deal and hopefully he'll be successful there. I mean, the, the, the stark facts are that Ings arrived from Burnley to Liverpool in June 2015. He made 25 appearances for the club and he scored four goals. So, you know, irrespective of what we think of him as a fella, irrespective of what we think of his character on a purely uh, football basis you know this is an unreal deal for the club to be getting in terms of return on a guy who like I said 25 appearances since June 2015 and four goals and to be moving him on for that kind of money again it's you know the Michael Edwards tribute acts will be out in force well I think also Neymar because Anyone who's worth a certain amount in this market is suddenly worth four times that amount, and uh, maybe double. Um, I'd say that that's um, Danny Ings. Uh, I know we got him on a free. We ended up paying six to eight million for him. I don't even know that was disclosed, but uh, scored four goals for us. I like Danny Ings. I thought he was a nice lad, but once he got injured for the second time, I thought, well, that's your lot, mate, because you're not coming back. But it, it, it is good money. Um, as I said last week, it's not my money, so I'm not that interested when it comes to the fee. Um, the, the loan thing frustrates. What I don't understand more than anything else is why did he play against Torino when he was good? But if they're, if they're not getting, they're getting rid of him and it's already a done deal at that point pretty much. Why not put someone else on? <laughs> I just don't understand that. Why are we being nice? I I, I I I I can't agree with you more. Let me let me just give you. I want, I want to see what you say to this because. On the post-match Raw show, I I did it, the show with uh, Simon Brunish and Harry Sethi. And Sai, of course, with his, with his, um, uh, sort of technical, um, standpoint and, 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 uh, fitness expertise was very kind of, you know, look, it's, it's a preseason friendly. It doesn't matter. And whereas I can buy into that, my simple question to him was exactly what you asked. Why do we play him? And there was someone else that we played that looked like, uh, who else was that we played that looked like Gruich. Uh, I think there was at least w- one other who just looked like they're absolutely on the way out and won't be getting minutes uh, for Liverpool from now on. And it does seem an odd one. But then again, I suppose it was all about just getting bodies on the pitch. And um, if there were guys missing with knocks, it was just about using things up. And uh, size point was, you know, you got to move these guys on in a certain condition and all that type of thing. And um, yeah, I-, I-, I think there might be a bit of sentimentality in it. And I'll ask, I think, I'll, I'll just think it probably is a farewell, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you why I say that. There's a quote here from Jurgen Klopp, and you can give me your take on this. He says, it's a very strange feeling saying goodbye to Danny. The biggest emotion is how much we'll miss him. He's such an outstanding boy. Honestly, if you could bottle character and spirit 
his his would sell worldwide. He's so incredibly positive and full of energy. But we won't just miss his character because he's a footballer who has all the tools. And he went on and talked about how he, he was really looking forward to coaching him. And then he got a setback, but his future is bright and blah, blah, blah. And he's very, very kind. He's very generous. But it does come across as if he was immensely well-liked, uh, if not loved, at the club. And I think you've probably answered your own question there, haven't you? In that it probably was a gesture. Yeah. And plus, it was a nothing game if we won anyway. Exactly. But, 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 yeah. I, but I did notice he was absolutely putting his pipe to the store. <laughs> he really, really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen Daddy Ames run like that before in my life. <laughs> yeah. And he, he almost he almost succeeded with one of those falling he was trying, he was, shots. Yeah, he was trying to get on the end of his own cross as well. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Fine, fine, fine. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, so that's that's that is the one and only deal that got done today. We need to just do a little bit of a recap then. We are not, we finished then. We off. We finished. We <laughs> See finished. You all next week, lads. For, we finished for all the deadline um, nonsense. I, 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 I'm not really interested. We'll talk. We'll talk about arrivals towards the end of this piece here. When we talk just before we talk about West Ham, but just briefly, uh, Carl, I'll start with you. Seeing as I'm with you. Uh, just want to briefly kind of assess uh, what you think of uh, the business so far, um, uh, the business rather overall in terms of, of what was done. Um, when you see them put one beside the other, you see Alison, you see Shakiri, you see Nabi Keita, and I don't want to, uh, no quibbling about it was done, blah, blah, blah. He's here now, right? Yeah. And you see um, Fabinho. Um, this is a, a quartet of decided quality um probably by far the most enjoyable aspect of preseason for me has been watching uh the little chunky fella and danny sturridge um they have been a lovely surprise um but the other three in and of themselves to me they represent a strikingly powerful statement of a window um it's churlish is it to be uh like i am a bit miffed we didn't get a center half I'm completely happy with what we've got because you don't get everything. And um I'd like to think that as we did with Van Dijk, I think we I'd like to think we've got our eye on someone for January, we just can't get them yet. Uh, yeah. um because we we pretty much stopped. Uh I read something today where this is the last time Liverpool have even discussed a player um was the day Allison signed. And they haven't done a thing since. But that's that's a lie because obviously they've Danny Ings has gone for. Um, I, I, I think they, they basically gone, do you know what that'll do? That's enough for the time being. Um, um, we're happy with, I mean, if God knows who's going to play centre back, but, um, I think they're quite content with that. And when it comes to, I know we answered this before, I think I'd rather take a centre back over, um, uh, the, the fear money. So, um, I, I, I mean, you've got to be happy. We've just got Kate and Fabinho, the best goalkeeper in the world. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy with that, thanks. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and when when you put it in stark terms like that, um, Cam, it's kind of inarguable that it's 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 nitpicking, and it's the kind of nitpicking that I don't I make no apologies for doing when I say that I'd like us to have gotten a centre half because a lot of our guys are and seem to be seem to be a little bit fragile when it comes to picking up constant injuries, and even the guy who's on his way back, Lovren, can be of that nature himself. He can often have little niggles and sore backs and that type of thing and 
I just want another sort of indestructible brute of a reliable center half. And I make no apologies for wanting that. But overall, it is it does seem a little bit churlish to be anything other than delighted with that array of talent that the club have taken in for a massive amount of money, irrespective for uh, irrespective of the, the net spend boys and their talk about Coutinho money. Uh, where, where do you stand on that? Would you agree with that or have you, have you still got a niggle about it? Um, yeah, I would have liked to centre back as well. Um, I think, you know, we, we've touched on this a, uh, a few times in some of the previous parts that, um, yeah, we've got one solid world class defender. Um, and we've got three defenders there, uh, four, possibly four, say, with if Gomez is going to be playing, uh, centre back as well. And they've all got something about them that doesn't inspire the greatest confidence if, um, Virgil goes, you know, is, is unable to play. So I would have liked to have had, uh, you know, a solid, another quality centre back alongside, um, uh, Virgil because I, I believe centre backs are all about partnerships. And, yeah, you know, if, if, you know, if you go back to Hanson and Lawrenson, uh, Sammy and Carragher, Sammy and Aga, Carragher and Aga, however you want to look at it. And um, you know, Henshaw. Yes, when when they first came in, they, them two were, were were superb together. That you know, they, they just worked and they and they didn't get injured, but they knew how to play the game. You know, you can go to even look at Chelsea, John Terry and uh, Cavalier. When Cavalier was there, they were two brilliant centre backs, whether you liked it or not. Real Keeps Nick and Mark right. <laughs> Maybe not. Close, close, but no yeah. cigar. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think centre back would would have been would have been the icing on the cake for me. It really would have, and um, you know, and yes, I would have loved it if uh, Fakir had come in and we had, and we had, um, we had that, uh, uh, you know, more cover for the front three because we are worried about that. But then I think at the same time with the signings of Shakiri and Kaita, uh, I believe they can step up into the wide roles if needed, possibly, or you know, uh, I think there's there, there was we've got more options. This, this year with the signings we've made you cannot not be happy with the signings we have made we've, we've signed four players and all four players work in what we what we want to do as a team they all have a role you can see what they're about whether you want to say Shakiri is you know the replacement for Fakir or he's not and that Kaita was done last year well whether Kaita was done last year or not he's here this year it doesn't matter, matter. It doesn't matter. The money was, the money, the initial payment was made on the 1st of July, it would have been. It wasn't made last year. So, you know. If, if someone had said, I don't know, we've got Messi, but for God's sake, we haven't got him for 15 months. What's the point of that? I'd be thinking, okay, 14 months, 3 months, you know, I'm yeah. seconds that he came. That's it. It doesn't so, matter when you buy him, as long as they're there. And exactly that. So we've got him now, we've got, we've got four players in, and, and they're settled now because we got our business done early. And that's, that's always uh, uh, something that German clubs always do. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's taken a while. It's taken three summers almost, well, or two and a half summers. Uh, well, it's two windows then, isn't it? Two summer windows for Klopp to have got his business done early, got the players settled. And th- these players are ready now. Okay. I know Fabinho might have a little bit of a knock and he, he might be a bit of a worry for uh, Sunday's game, but the thing is, he's, he's played games and they've, they've spotted weaknesses already in the friendlies for him and they said, right, we need to work on this, we need to work on that. Um, Kaito was getting slaughtered for the, the goal 
uh, that Truno scored by Klopp because he wasn't he wasn't helping cover um, Moreno. Mm. As you as as you say, Cam, it's taken X amount of seasons um, for this thing to develop and for Klopp to have a squad that's almost uniformly his. There are a few hangovers from previous regimes, but they are minimum now. It's two, three max who are going to figure anywhere near the first team too. I think. Um, and, and, and the 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 main thing here is look at the thing overall. And I would say to you, obviously, clearly with Allison's arrival, and it looks now, I, I, I can only assume Miggs is going to get shipped out and get his deal to some foreign club before the end of the, the window. Given the way that Carius was introduced in the friendly, uh, it looks like part of a rehabilitation process. So I'm, I'm assuming that's our one and two, and that makes us infinitely yeah. stronger than we were before. The defense, we've got depth at full back. I think if one of those guys could go on a long run of fitness, even if it's Ragnar Klavan, who I've faith in as a, as a footballer uh, there there can be a partnership developed and that will happen over time we'd all like it to be Joe Gomez because we think he's a bit of better athlete and has uh, some ball playing ability but if it is it is if it isn't it isn't but w- if we get a bit of solidity we are better there because of Virgil van Dijk and the depth that we have if we can keep our full backs fit in midfield this is the one area that I just wanted to talk to you about there you've mentioned it uh, a couple of times I'm going to hop this off both of you because of the fact that our German mate, who's gone AWOL and used to have a regular feature on the program, because he's no longer here, um, and because um, uh, we've been robbed of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who'd emerged as you know a firm favourite of so many of us um, over the course of that season, because of how he's managed by the manager um, and introduced gradually. Um, we are sort of markedly down two men there, but we have recruited Nabi Keita, who is, you know, theoretically a bit of a, a, a wonderkind. And we've got um, Fabinho, who has been ludicrously uh, criticised, in my opinion, as an excellent footballer. Um, I think overall, therefore, that's we've upgraded and we've got we've got Ox to come back in there. And in the front areas, again, thankfully, we've got our front three fit and firing and looking like they're going to be okay to go for the start of the season or soon after. And now we've got the bonus of a Daniel Sturridge who looks reinvigorated and a Shakiri who I think, I know they're preseason friendlies, but I think he looks sharper than any of us could have hoped for. It's a lo- lovely ball. Lovely ball for Sturridge as well. And Carl, what about the movement of that kid? Yeah. He's, yeah. He, he, you know, he can he can manipulate the ball around into a favourable position for his left foot in the blink of an eye, and he's got strength. I don't know if you remember the two goals, uh, the two goals he was involved with the the overhead kick where he was being pushed as he struck it, and yeah. the, uh, the the layoff for Danny Sturridge in that same match against uh, it was the Manx, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the, the pass back. Yeah, you know he's. He's got he's he's a little low center of gravity, uh, a little a little barrel of a guy, immense strength and fantastic technique. Carl, that makes us stronger in that area too. So you know we have right to be uh, full full of expectation this year. Uh, we're gonna win the league. I mean, you used to make web there, which is upgrade. Because what I didn't want was when we got um, when Emre shocked the world by leaving. No one saw that coming. Um, he was um, so shy about it all. 
uh, he, uh, I just thought, we're just going to get someone, we're going to be Emre Light. And I wasn't Emre's biggest fan anyway, but we're going to get somebody quite similar to him. And no, we just stepped in and said, we've got Emre plus 10%. And that's what you you do if you're going to try and win the league. So what we've done this year, is Liverpool's problem over the years has been, and particularly the Klopp years, is we've got a great start 11, but an awful 13. And we've we've altered that this summer. And I don't know where Shaqiri's going to play, but I've got no problem when at all when he comes on. Because you just think, well, to be, to be brutally honest, he, he's not a region Solanke, as far as I'm concerned. He comes on and, and likes scoring, and is not scared of scoring. Yeah. The other two, I always thought, were a bit reticent about it. Um, and not not because of that, and you know, the, the, you know, Dom Solanke's a kid, you know, so I'm not having to go with him for that. But uh, I just straight away just think, well, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not scared. Our mutual friend Neil talked about this: is when you when you look at a team and you think who's scoring the goals today. You've got to think, one, Salah, Firmino, Mane. Then, you know, if, if they don't score, you can look at, like, Shaqiri or Sturridge. That's no problem. You can go further back now. Naby Keita can score goals. But, you know, if he gets penalties, maybe not. But, maybe, you know, but apparently he's got, he's got quite a good record. Um, and you and can do, do that all over the pins now. And Ginny Wijnaldum, um, who's, yeah. who's, who's also, there was a little bit of a scare about him, him going off. I'm so heartened that he's still around the club, not because he's the best footballer in the world, but because he's so inculcated into this system at this stage uh, that he was able to play in a forward role for one of the first times ever there the last day, and he did it brilliantly and scored his goal and, you know, fit into that system wonderfully. And, and just to move that across to, to Cam, that, that makeup of that midfield in the last friendly there that started with... um. Fabinho sitting and and Naby and Ginny Wanala bombing ahead. Uh, what would that be your kind of dream trio as we as we as things stand? Um, for when uh, for sun, Sunday, yeah, definitely. I thought I thought Ginny was our best player in the first half. Yeah, I, I agree. On, on Tuesday, I thought he was excellent. Um, his movement off the ball, his, his uh, he was he he was looking for the ball. He was always available. Um, he was quick with his passing. He was incisive. Um, uh, he scored a, a fantastic goal. It was a great run, and it was a it was a lovely pass. So I thought he was excellent. And um, I know it's you know you shouldn't get too carried away by preseason friendlies because they you know they are just training exercises. They're all they are about fitness. They're, but they're also about um, learning your formations, learning learning your role within a team. And Jimmy's shown that he is an adaptable player, and he I think he's a really really important player. Uh, I mean, I know uh, AI is based on stats. You know, it's 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 one of its big things. And Cyber uh, Cyber has uh, quoted in the past: we get more points and we win more games with Ginny in the team than we do without him in the team. So, yeah, I'm all for I'm all for that. Right. Last uh, Reds-related vague question before we go to having a look at our rivals' business and having a look specifically at the West Ham game and then stopping with this nonsense of football uh, for the last section. With an objective eye over the other teams. We will cast an objective eye over the other teams because that's what we we do here. But just before we do that, (laughs) I do want to ask you a simple question. Um, We've kind of discussed it in various ways in the past, and I put this question to Mr. Malby about two hours ago on Malby on the Spot, and I want to ask you two boys the exact same question. Um, I said to Jan, what would represent progress for you because we want to keep this upward curve that we've got going under Jurgen Klopp so I need just I'm, I'm interested in your take on this because 
um, myself and, 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 and myself were in agreement in respect to one thing. You and I, Carl, and Cam as well, we've all been guilty of trotting out the quote about Liverpool exists to win trophies. And we all understand that what that means because we have been around during an era when that was absolutely the truth on a regular basis, year in, year out. It has ceased to be really uh, a thing that we can um, claim uh, with any great uh, <laughs> sort of weight behind it. However, it could still be a core philosophy of yours. So I'm asking you a simple question. What represents progress for Liverpool this year? Is it a third year uh, ensuring Champions League football, uh, having a decent run in the league? Is it a title tilt? Is it a trophy win? If you won a trophy, and I want you to think about this aspect of it, if I was to say to you, I'll give you not only the League Cup, but the FA Cup as well, but you finish outside the top four, does that represent progress or is that a step back? Think about it and give me your assessment on what you think progress is for Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool in 2018-19. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go, Carl. There's only one thing. It's never changed. Progress is the league. As simple as that. I don't want to be sitting here saying runners up, that's progress. Because it's not. We should have got runners up spot last year. We didn't. We were unlucky. And we should have got at least there because, you know, John Moss and all that. But um, I don't want. What alarms me more than anything else, and this is the reason why I bang on about this thing all the time, Filippo Coutinho is one of the greatest footballers I've ever seen in the flesh. And he left Anfield after five years without a single trophy. And I don't want this squad to be remembered for the same thing. Uh, uh, we're good enough to win the league. I think we can. Man City are different kettle of ball games, obviously. Um, but I'm not scared of anyone. And Liverpool should not be scared of anyone. And we should be looking at winning the league. Okay, that's absolutely all of us are in agreement on that. And that's absolutely what the objective should be. Yeah. But in a, in the cold light of day, second place. Um, means that Liverpool have done bloody well um, and it is continued progress under Klopp. Would you be disappointed and could, would you say that we're not making progress if we don't win a major title this year? You can't, um, you, you can't run around the pitch for the second. Yeah. And, the, and the second you start doing that, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, well, I'm not suggesting a celebration of second yeah. place, but but I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get a handle on what you think we need to absolutely attain in order for it to be moving forward. It, well, does a trophy figure? Yeah, because we're good, it's the tro- I keep talking about the trophy itch. Um, it's been 2012 since the last one since then. And I once, people say, you know, you hear that top four trophies likely that what they're mutually exclusive, and they're not. You can have top four and a trophy, because other clubs do it. Um, yeah. You know, I like this idea that, you know, we've got a squad now. So, you know, you can do this. I mean, as, as I keep saying, Adam Lallana and uh, Shakiri played in the FA Cup. That's not a light squad anymore. That's not Ben Woodburn and Gruwich in midfield. Yeah. You know, the, with the greatest respect to Ben Woodburn, it's slightly less than with Gruwich. But, um, we'll give it the last 10 minutes anyway, but, um, that, that's not nothing. And I, I do want us to win a trophy because I like days out at Wembley. Um, it's not, you can't, it, I don't, and don't get this idea at all of people saying, oh, we gotta get up, get rid of the trophies to get top four. No, you haven't. You've got a bloody squad for God's sake. We're yeah. an incredibly rich club. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that attitude at all. Never have 
And we absolutely do have a squad now, Cam, and we absolutely should expect um, to go uh, as deep as we can in every single competition. There's no need anymore for this. Uh, obviously, you do prioritise, but there's no need for us to be worrying about, like, you know, uh, we've got to throw a load of uh, second-rate players at a certain game. Um, we should always be expecting to win everything we enter at this point. I completely agree with Carlo. W- does, would you be in, in accordance there? Is that what represents progress, a proper title tilt, in fact, an actual uh, league win, or would you, is there a place where you settle for less in your head and, and are still happy that the club is moving forward? Uh, I think we've got to a point now um, with where where that squad is now and where the manager is placed and where FSG are and everything, but this is the perfect storm now. Um, we we have to be challenging for the title. We have to be pushing. I think Man City are the, are the obvious favourites, but um, we've got to get off to a flyer. We've got to be challenging for the title. So, but at the same time, we have to win a trophy. We have to win a trophy this year. I don't care. It's been too long. It's five years, six years. It's going to be seven years by the time 2019 comes around and trophies are being handed out and the medals are being handed out. Seven years to, to go without a trophy for a, a club of Liverpool stature. It's, it's beyond a joke. It's also too. It's also too long for a man of Jurgen Klopp's status to be going without a trophy as well. And I think yeah. y- you have to you have to hope that you know the, the the universe aligns correctly and that and that you know the quality in our squad, the quality of our manager, uh, the 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 law of freaking averages uh, um, suggests that you know we are getting closer and closer to something important. Um, before we before we get away from from uh, the football, there are two two areas I want to go to briefly. Um, I want to just ask you both: Was there anything about any of the business of any of our rivals that struck you particularly? You don't we, we're not going to get into it in depth. I'm just looking for a specific story um, from each of you, or something that took your eye in terms of uh, rival um, rival rival um, uh, clubs and and their business. Uh, well, Cam, you, well, I might as well stick with you. You've suggested um, you, you've got something to say about United and Everton, so kick, yeah. kick us off on that. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of Liverpool fans will be immensely delighted at the uh, the seemingly breakdown that Jose Mourinho is having at the moment. And it all seems to be around defenders. Let's not forget, last season, United had the second-best defence in the league. He knows how to set up a team to defend. Let's not get too carried away. Yeah, their pre-season form has been been shocking and atrocious. Enjoy that, by all means. Uh, I guarantee you, come Friday night, they, that, them boys will be up for it. They're, Mourinho's no mug. You know, he's a uh, he's a, he's a he's a clever fucking manager, and he'll um, he'll get them players playing, and they will still be a force this season. You, you must have enjoyed the Diego Godin story, though, Cam. Oh, the, they got played beautifully. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. They got played. I mean, uh, if folks aren't aware, basically what happened was the, the agent of Diego Godin got in, uh, the Uruguayan defender at, La, at Atletico Madrid, got in touch with uh, Man United and said, yeah, we've got 32-year-old Diego Godin here. He's got a 25 million euro release in his, in his release clause in his contract. Would you be interested in him? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Diego Godin's agent goes back to Atletico Madrid. Oh, um, Man United are looking at activating the release clause. Here's a new contract, Diego Godin. Where do I sign? Seven million euros a year. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. What? That is poetic. Oh, it was glorious. It 
It was such a glorious, glorious moment, and the kind of thing that only deadline day can 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 rattle up. I love um, that. Oh man, it was so much fun, and 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 that's the type of thing, as you say, Cam. Do revel in that and enjoy it. But we all know that that guy, that miserable little um, creature, can, he, he could send out he could send out a a, a defence which had um, the big toilet brush head at centre half for the season, and they could be they could concede yeah. less goals than anybody else. I mean, that's a fact. It is, but don't forget, he's also spent four hundred and thirteen million pounds since he's been there. He's got his squad. He's got his players. He hasn't talk got to, any excuses. Talk to me about the Ev. The Ev. I've got to say, they signed two. Uh, they've signed some decent players. They, they, you've got to admit they, they've not done some. They've not done bad business. Uh, they got Mina in, who I would have loved to have taken. You know, we were talking about that centre back. Yeah, cheap, cheap as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, all right, he's got a buyback clause, but I don't see Barcelona. You know. Do we know what do we do we know what the details of that deal were? I didn't hear anything today. But twenty eight and a half. Twenty eight and a half million, yeah, thirty million, something like that. Jesus, with the add on okay. one and a half million pound of add ons. They signed okay. another defender as well. Um just eluding my mind now. Is that Gomez? Is he a defender? Yeah. Yeah, and Andre uh, Gomez. Andre Gomez. Uh, yeah. Oh guys coming in, guys guys on the ball. Um, they've been Bernard. Well. He's, he's, he's not. Yeah, they got Zuma on loan for a year. Zuma's a quality defender. Yeah, he's yeah. a superb defender. You know, he, he. All right, Stoke went down last year, but you know, he's surrounded by shite apart from Shakiri. Um, this is getting. You know, this is all getting a little bit too um, positive in relation to the Evi. You telling me you're breaking it about Everton? Is that what you're telling me? I'm just saying they've done. I'm just saying they've done some good business. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. I mean, I would have taken either of those or both of those two, those two defenders. Yeah. Let's no, I, 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 I actually, I actually agree with you, and it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it is a little bit disconcerting. <laughs> but but just, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. Carl's going to come in now and talk about. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say one thing. I really like this, this, um, this United fan on Twitter. Perhaps the Armstrong. You said something like um, this morning. Welcome, Ryan Shawcross, United. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how we're going to end the day. Super Ryan signs for the Red Devils. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I'd like to talk about Chelsea, please, and Tottenham. Please do talk to I, me about both. I think because I think that's the problem with Chelsea having such good goalkeepers that no matter what, because was always going to go. Um, and I, I, someone said on Twitter, I, I, the, the fear sides. I really agree with this. They spent a lot of money to downgrade their goalkeeper massively. And yeah. that's no one, that's, it's no one's fault because, you know, there aren't many people of that level. And, um, Kepa, keeper, whatever his name is, he's, um, I imagine he's alright if they're spending the money on him. But, um, it, as, as Guy points out, it's very good isn't it, to, to buy a player who has the same name as his position. Yeah, I, I, that, that, that is, that is delightful. It was pointed out to me today that it's actually pronounced keeper. It's keeper, yeah. Alright, uh, what about his surname? Anybody want to have a bash at Yeah, that? yeah, keep going. Imagine, yeah. imagine Paul Merson on Soccer Saturday now, <laughs> destroying that. No, let's not, let's not, let's not. And, and, so, okay, but overall, you would have to say, again, in a, in a kind of grudging way that we said about everything, Carl, they've done all right. They've got some good players in there in the last couple of days. They've, they've kept William and Hazard. That was massive. 
Uh, yeah, yeah and, and, and the manager, no matter what you think about his, um, let's just say, personal take on a few different issues, he yes. does seem very, very capable of setting up a team in a very specific way to be effective. He's got a pressing already. Yeah, I, 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 I would be. I was, I was genuinely hoping. I think, like probably both of you, that they were going to be sort of non-entities this year. It does not no. seem to be the case. Who else were you going to talk to me about? Tottenham. Yeah. I think Tottenham are really weird because what really interested me today because I, I watched um, the Jim White Loving show and um, they at the end of the window because they're basically saying that Tottenham are do anything at all at the end of the window because they've always got to be slightly up about Tottenham they said Tottenham great result because they haven't lost any of their big players <laughs> and, and all I thought was all those players are a year older now and I think I've said this elsewhere but I think Tottenham have got to do something this year because they really have, because if they don't win anything this year, Harry Kane is going to start looking, Deli Ali is going to start looking, and Eric Dyer is going to be slightly well, worse than I think he is anyway. I think, I think he I, have made a cheek a bit for Christian Eriksen. Possibly, yeah. I think Eriksen, you know, he, he's going to get looks from the continent as well. And if they have been the attacking midfielder we should have been looking at. But do you don't think we should be going for Jack Grealish? Do you think we for Jack Grealish? That's mad. That's really, really strange. Did you, did anyone see the Jack Grealish story on Facebook? Where I, saw, I saw, I saw the, uh, the, the brother, brother thing. Uh, the brother tweeting with, uh, with, uh, but, a, a, a Tottenham ITK. Yeah. But, this Tottenham ITK. If anyone, if anyone didn't see it, basically, some, some lad was saying, um, that, uh, you know, he's definitely going to come to Tottenham for a done deal and everything. It's just we confirmed the next 24 hours. And some lads started arguing and saying, well, no, he's not at all. He said, look, I think my sources are better than yours, mate. He went, really? He's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody goes, you know, and he still, he still wasn't having it. Yeah, yeah exactly. he says he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, listen. Of course, of course they weren't having it. That is what characterizes these guys. There were yeah. still guys talking about uh, giving it the googly eyes and saying, watch this space about Fekir today. Honest to God, there were still people doing that. There's the, you know, they, they're a specific breed. Uh, look, moved it to January now. That's yeah. How, that's how sad they are. Good deal. Good deal. January sad. the 1st, midnight. Overall, it's not going out on New Year's Eve. Oh, it's, it's actually going to be announced on Friday the uh, 28th. I've already checked the date. Uh, so, okay. uh, me and Mo Chatro have, have agreed that's on the session. <laughs> that's a that's a commitment. The Friday. The Friday. Hashtag. Oh, please. Please. It's already please. done. That's already please bore off with that. Okay, right. Enough of that nonsense. I, it, that was a little bit more upbeat in regards to our our opposition than I would like. But anyway, this is this is the the reality that we we have to get into. And another just team. Just a quick one. Just a quick one. What? Arsenal haven't done that bad as well. They're yeah. Th- thanks. Ca- yeah. Thanks, Cam. They're, they're really. Their defense. That's the only thing. So. Cam. Cam. Stop. Stop. Can I bring you down, then, Trev? No. Um, Harry Maguire looks like a French policeman. Thank you. <laughs> I missed that. Harry Maguire looks like a French policeman. Okay, that's you've you've, you've elevated the mood somewhat. <laughs> um, that's, that's decent. Uh, and a, a team who have, uh, without doubt, actually also done well in this uh, transfer window are the opposition on Sunday at half past twelve on Super Sunday on Sky, and that is uh, West Ham. And they've had some very very interesting arrivals. Um, they've held on to one or two players that I suppose they could have worried about leaving. Um, the um, belatedly effective likes of Marko Arnautovic, who was very very good for them towards the end of the season, and they've like recruited it. very well in. Lucas Fabianski, who's going to be a, 
he's a solid citizen. They've got they've yeah. got they've got Jack Wiltshire who at one stage was a footballer. They've got Andrei Yarmolenko who we were linked with many many times. They've got this Balbuena. Was that him? The Russian lad. It was. Well, he's one of the Russians that we were. Yeah, the, the, the one that's um, um, ENS all over there, sort of out. <laughs> that was. That was. That was. No, no, it's cop- no, no, that, 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 that wasn't. That wasn't. Oh, not him. Okay. Yeah, but Yarmolenko was around that time, and we were linked with him as well. Uh, they've. I think they got in Ryan Fredericks from Fulham. They've got um, one or two others in as well. But, uh, yes, Lucas Perez today, I think, wasn't it? That yeah. that, that got yeah. done. Yeah. So look, they're a team, uh, Carl, that I suppose you could say uh, have a, a squad that have absolutely, absolutely strengthened. Um, they're, they're, a lot of their arrivals were a bit later than ours, and they won't be as settled uh, in terms of squad as we are, and definitely won't have uh, a settled nature in terms of a plan as much as we will. But they do have one of those managers who gets derided and dismissed in Manuel Pellegrini, who has a very fine record. I like um, um, you know, a guy who's 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 won the league here, a guy who's done very well elsewhere and 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 uh, across across the continent. He's a, he's a, he's a a respected manager. He's a guy who can um, cobble a side together, absolutely. And you know that there's going to be a certain discipline about uh, on the day. And here's what I want to say to you. I mean, we just to come full circle before we finish with the Liverpool talk, and I do want to wrap it up in the next two or three minutes. So just one question. Um, what what do you think, given the uh, what we know about injuries, given what we know about freshness, given what we know about um, all the rest of it? Maybe ignore all that if you want and talk about what you'd like. But what side are you putting out to best combat whatever the hell they can put together, including Andy Carroll or whatever as a sub? What side are you putting out, given what we know about availability and given what you know about fellows returning from the World Cup? What does your team look like against West Ham on Sunday? Should we do it between us? That'd be quicker. Okay. Well, y- yeah. You, you give me you give me your your uh, your keeper back for uh, Carl. I play Carius. No. Um. It, I mean, the, the best thing is obviously that we just cut to the quick here. It's the it's the front three and the keeper. They're they're absolutely nailed on. Um. Uh. The the back four. I go Van Dyke, Robertson. I still think he's going to play Klein. I've been thinking that all week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Gomez, um, centre half. And, uh, but, ne- but last week you, you got into my head the Clavin. And, uh, so maybe that's an option as well. But although last week we played Gruwitz, didn't we play Gruwitz against Torino as centre back? Um, no, it was Fabino. Fabino, yeah. Fabino, sorry. Yeah. Didn't Gruwitz play five minutes there as well in the second half? But he came oh, yeah, I think right, right at the end, yeah. He dropped back. Yeah, um, midfield, I think Fabino's going to start. I think it's going to play Henderson and Alden. No, hang on, that Kaiser lad's alright, so let me stick him in. Um, in that case, I think he's going to go Kaiser, Fabino, Ronaldo, and the front three. Okay, uh, interesting. And, and Cam, what we do know, I think, is that I, 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 I think Clavin was in with a right shout until he's got, he's got a knock now. Oh, was he? He's in as well. Yeah, uh, and, and apparently the idea so is well, no, apparently the idea of Joe Gomez not featuring against Torino was so that he could be possibly ready and that he will hopefully be ready for selection. Given yeah. that, do you see him starting? Because like, we're really running out of options unless he plays the kid. Um, um, Matty uh, Phillips. Uh, Matty Phillips. So, like, Matty it, Phillips? 
Uh, n- not, yeah. not Phillips, not Phillips. Not, not so you're look, you're looking at, you're looking at a guy, uh, you're looking at a guy who's, you know, an academy kid uh, being promoted on on day one of the Premier League, or you're looking at Joe Gomez, who, let's be honest, doesn't have a massive sample size in that um, um, position, um, because Joel Matip, we're led to believe, and um, Ragnar Klavan are not available for selection and uh Dexy Lovren is busy trying to grow his hair back and um get rid of his, ma- his, his mammy's cake out of his system so yeah. we, that's what we're looking at talk to me about your back four and your midfield the worry is centre-back um I've, I've got a feeling Trent will play right back uh because he played 60 minutes so I've got a feeling he might start him because he's already given him the minutes um and I think that's telling. Why did he give him 60 minutes and not, say, give Kleine 60 minutes to get him more match fit? But, yeah, I, I could easily say it being either or. In, uh, and it, that's that's fine. It's at home. You know, we'll, we'll be fine in, with either of those two. Um, the worry is centre-back. If uh, if Gomez is, is not fit and then we know Matip's not available, we know Clavin's definitely not available, um, from what we've heard so far, then it's an issue. I would be worried about starting with Phillips, despite how well he's done in, in the preseason friendlies. Um, the midfield, if Fabino is not fit again, because again, he's, uh, they said he's, he's, he's struggling to be fit for Sunday. I can see him starting Hendo. Yeah, he will. Um, he'll, he'll start Hendo as the six. And, and then what he'll do is, uh, It'll be, uh, I think it'll be Ginny and uh, Kaita. Uh, I think they won't risk Milner because of the uh, stitches in his head, despite you know the the bandage he's wearing, and they'll say well, why risk it. And why, just before, know, why? just before I finish, Carl said the front three is the front three. Um, the front we do know front three, we, yeah. we do know that Bobby's probably not ready in terms of pre-season fitness. Do you think he yeah. goes with that anyway, or is there a chance that Daniel Sturridge, given his wonderful pre-season form, may feature? No, he'll start Bobby because he's he started Bobby the last two games. So I'll, I, I'll I think that, that. But he won't finish. That. But he won't, he won't finish. finish. No, no, no. He, he, he won't. He's not match fit. So this is this is the beauty now of having Sturge back and looking like he's a player. I love it, and we will wrap up the that section of the of the pod just there because I want to pause for a second so that I can introduce some lovely information about AI Pro. Hi, Anne. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely, And We've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gags. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan?
And we welcome you back to the remainder of the Anfield Index podcast. This is, lads, where we move away from the whole football aspect of things into some of the questions that we like to ask each other because that's because, you know, we're just we're fun like that. And the first question that I have for you is actually from a listener and uh, one of the uh, extended AI stable. um, And Mo has asked you guys who from the Twitterverse. Would you like to have a bromance with, and why? Cam, I'll start with you. Well, aside from Mo himself, because you know Mo's come to the house and he's sat on the sofa here. Mrs. B, you know, kicked me out and let him sit on the sofa. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's Mrs. B for you. No, aside from that, um, I think I'd like to have a Twitter bromance with uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's a, he, he's a dude. And I, yeah. I reckon me and him, you know, we could get on, you know. I reckon my, <laughs> I reckon, I reckon my, my maturity levels are, uh, would, would, would rise up to his. Yeah, yeah. By extension, you're considering yourself to be quite the dude as well there, Branchy. And I'm just wondering, uh, is, it the life, is it the lifestyle aspect of, 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 of Ox's, um, uh, Twitter and, and, and Instagram uh, posts that are, that are impressing you? Is it the fact that he seems like a genuinely good lad? Um, what, what, what is it that, 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 that it, particularly? It, it's the, the genuineness of him. It's totally yeah. that. I mean, the lifestyle is his lifestyle. You know, I could never. I mean, I'd love to have that lifestyle. Who wouldn't? But you know, I'm a realist at the end of the day. So, um, but no, just to just have that camaraderie with him, I think it'd be fantastic. I'd love it. To be fair, I can see you both having a fashion off as well. I, I do like I do like the the threads Ox tends to uh, tends to be uh, um, carrying about on this person. He does look the part. Um, I could see I could see a little uh, little rivalry uh, getting getting going there <laughs> in the posts. Uh, Carl, what, what about yourself? The question. Again, who from the Twitterverse would you like to have a bromance with, and why? I misunderstood this. I think um, my first question was going to be actually: um, uh, Can Mrs. B is not on Twitter? Is she? No, no, she's not. No, no. Oh, it's because I just think we've got a she's lot of like, comments. She's she's on the face. <laughs> she's on Facebook. But not on the Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was going to say we've got a lot of comments. We can many things we can discuss. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. That's worrying. Maybe that's, in, or maybe that's encouraging. I'm not sure which way to take that. No, it, 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 it's release Branch back into the house. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I could start, I could start a campaign. I don't know. Um, I'm a big fan of James Mill on that because he makes jokes about tea. And I, I like things like that. Yes. Um, who else do I really like on Twitter that isn't Ashland B? I presume mm. we're just talking about famous people. Because um, what I actually thought was like, you know, which, which friendships have you made on Twitter? Because um, uh, I don't like anyone, to be honest. So it's yeah, we 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 all have noticed down. that, mate. We yeah. all have noticed that. Your 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 curt responses on Twitter have regularly left me left me with the hump uh, <laughs> and, and, and and sad and lonely and 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 you know confused. But yeah, but but it, it, I I don't think it was specific to to um to the the famous likes of Ox or Milner. I think it's just basically anybody across the whole Twitter sphere. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of my commodionlessness on uh, on Twitter. So. Um, uh, my friend Beth lives in America, Freckles, as I know. Um, she sent me a message this week because you heard last week's pod said, that's Trev Down, he's got a really nice voice. Oh, that, that, didn't, a, that didn't go over well. I was appalled at that, frankly. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> I've got a voice like Michael Angelis from the Live of Birds here, Thomas the Tank Engine. 
Well, I I can understand that that would have stuck in your craw mentally, and I can I can only sympathise because not just uh, this. Yeah, well, listen, Brainy, you're just pissed off about everything, fella. So like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I can't. I think the lights are on. That's true. Can I ask you? Just a quick one across across the bows there, Cam. Just in terms of uh, shed life, uh, um, what what, what <laughs> like pug life, you know? I'm just wondering, is your is is your shed life probably spelt with a Y? Is it um? Do you, do you have a like? What do you have there? Is it a futon? Do you sleep on some sort of an armchair? What 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 what's the what's the living arrangements like there when you're banished to the shed? I've got a stool. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Got one of these old IKEA wooden spinning stools. Dude, how do you sleep? What what happens? You just kind of l- l- perch forward onto onto the window. Or? Um, I I let's just say it's uncomfortable. <laughs> oh man! Have, have you got like a water feeder like they put in rabbit hutches? You know, it's suspended from the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, it's some... connected. It's connected to the gutter. Yeah. And it's called the rain. Yeah. Mrs. Mrs. B. Mrs. B. occasionally pours some muesli in there and it filters down. You know, yeah. loves a bit of muesli with, <laughs> no, with whatever yeah, drink. I've, I've, got, I've got the muesli. I've, I've got the feed with muesli in. <laughs> <laughs> Rose oh, in the God. old waistcoat. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 better our picture of shed life is getting, the the happier it's making me up to say. Um, next question. Something are, wrong with this this section? I'm telling it's, you. It's 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 good. It's good. I've got I've got three quick fire ones for you. Then uh, these are all ones that I came up with myself. Yeah, in the space of my journey home from um 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 exerting myself in the gym. First question, Carl, best movie villain. Very good. Um, yeah, I've got one. Um, and it's, it's amazing that this bloke didn't get more work. I would say Scorpio from Dirty Harry. Oh, shout. Oh, yes. Because yes. he, he is proper evil. Isn't he? He is yeah. really unsettling human. Why does he not, why did he not get more parts? I know, it's mad. It's mad. Yeah, I mean, I'm like talking about this all the time. Andrew yeah. from one of his famous. Yeah. And, uh, it's just the bit on the, on the school bus. It just takes delight in screaming at that kid. Yes. I, I, do you know, do you know who I compare and contrast him with in terms of, uh, unsettling me is the, the, um, the uh, serial killer dude from, um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Kind of similar vibe going yeah. on. Just even the look. Um, but yeah, there, the, the, that's, that's, that's a wonderful shout. Yeah. I like him. What, what was it? Was it, it was Scorpio, right? Yeah. Is that yeah Scorpio. Yeah. Scorpio. Cool. Uh, Cam, best movie villain. Um, well, you you sort of stole my thunder when you said Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. But, um, I was I, for me, it's Hannibal Lecter as the character. Um, okay. But I wouldn't say Anthony Hopkins. I'd say Matt Mickelson. If you watched, oh. uh, have you watched Hannibal on a? On Sky, Sky it's, it's it's one of the best TV shows I've seen in recent years. It's tremendous, both and, series. And Mads is just an amazing actor. Yeah. He's just phenomenal, and he plays that role to a T. It is superb. It's just amazing. I I can't say enough great words about it. He's just he's just brilliant, 
and he and he draws you in, and you you almost you, you admire him the way he's playing it, and you you, you 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 don't fall in love with him, but you fall in love with the character, and you shouldn't because you know it's wrong, you know he's evil, he's bad, and you, you shouldn't be liking him, but you do, yeah, because you just want to see what he's doing next. And um, I remember this one thing that obviously it's part of the show, but he sliced the body up and he put it in between two pieces of glass and it's sliced up. So when you're looking at it from one angle, you're thinking you're looking at the body. And then when you walk around, it's like, oh shit, it's little slivers of the human body. And, oh, it's fucking amazing TV. He was brilliant. <laughs> oh. further, further insight into the the things that delight you, Cam, is, is, yeah. is, 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 is slightly unsettling. Actually, t- the, the answer there, you're both wrong. The answer is Hans Gruber. But I will, I will, I will, I will give you, I will give you both points for a pair of, a pair of decent sheds. Next question, Carl. What's a good shoe? Now then, now this, now now, now you're being interesting. Uh, yeah, I am the yes. Um, I like a broke. I do like a broke. Do you? Yeah. Do you um, like a, a light, a light tan, or do you like a darker brown? I've I've got sort of a. I do like a light tan, but I've got the ones I like, which I own, are. The, 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 Oh, I've put it right up. There's sort of purple saying it's too much. Sort of a dark cherry red. Oxblood, maybe? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't go quite. It's a bit darker than Oxblood. Okay. Uh, and shiny. But, um, yeah, big fan. Big the fan pay- of and, I, I, and I do like a desert boot as well. The Peyton Brogue and the Desert Boot. Now they are two fine shouts and absolute yeah. staples of anyone's uh, anyone's proper wardrobe. Cam, I'm 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 fascinated. I'm going to guess that you will go for a Chelsea boot, but I could be wrong. You're wrong. Um, you, you can never go wrong with a, a good brogue. And I'll go for a, an old brogue, tan Oxford brogue. I've just put it up in the in the in the chat. Yeah, they're nice. And but I, what I'd also say is really really nice shoe really good shoe and you can't go wrong is a is a classic monk strap loafer a classic what now a monk yeah Uh, you know uh with a monk strap loafer really really nice good shoe you you will never ever go wrong with that shoe yeah it will it will work for all occasions well, I, I I never go out without my winkle pickers, so uh, that's again my version of, of what the correct answer should be there. Now I know that you're both I know you're both fans of the TV show Power, um, and as a result, I've had to listen to you sort of moan about the storyline, the plot line, and at the same time never stop watching it probably for slightly slightly lascivious reasons so uh you're not allowed to talk about power because you've talked about it too often to me so the question and the last one for today is um if apart from power what is your guilty pleasure watch back to you carl i watch an awful lot of and i don't know why i watch an awful lot of eight out of ten cats do countdown Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, mostly because I, 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 I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Susie Dent in every possible sense. Okay. Um, and she's a magnificent woman. Um, and it, I like the fact it also makes me angry because the best TV always makes me angry because they're really thick, and that really bothers me. So yeah, I've got a five. Like I'm celebrating it. Five? God's sake. Um, um, but I do watch an awful lot of that as a sort of you know on in the background type thing. But do 
watch an awful lot of that. And I think, like, Cam, I watch too much anything as well. Belter? Far too much. What about what about yourself, Mr. Branch? Any any guilty pleasure that you watch? Of course, the implication there is that it's something that you can't really stand behind in terms of you'd be shouting about it down the pub, but you still enjoy it. Um, couple of shows for you. Yeah. Go on. Um, one which is probably uh, I've mentioned it before. It's probably in my top five. Um, that would be Friday Night Lights. Um, but, but that's a good show, man. You can't. That, um, that, that's objectively decent, isn't it? It is, it is, but then it's a guilty pleasure because it, it makes things like the tipping point. Because you know, I may, I may yeah. be slightly attracted to one of the. Oh God, this is bees about. Um, shouldn't say that too loudly. They go to water for you, that. Why is she walking past the shed at this time of night? She's listening in, isn't she? <laughs> God. Um, sorry. Yes, I'm a Friday night lights. Um, Connie, uh, Connie Britton, who plays Tammy Taylor, is a is a guilty pleasure. What a woman! She's she's stunning, isn't she? She's, There's nothing guilty about Connie, though. You're getting the you're getting the tone of this completely wrong, bro. <laughs> well, it was a guilty pleasure. Not, yeah, that's not just because like just because yeah. you feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the other one would be Ballers with The Rock. Oh, um, I haven't seen that. I've heard good things. And I, I, you know, I, I just, I'm no big fan of The Rock. And <laughs> I've just seen what Kai Crinkles wrote. I love Antiques Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow is quite good, actually. I, I used to like, um, Lovejoy for some bizarre reason as a kid. Yeah, that would fit nicely. Uh, both of those fit nicely in the guilty pleasure. My yeah. one would actually be anytime I'm just sort of lolling about and I turn on the TV and Emmerdale is on. For some reason, I'll watch it and I'll watch all of it. Like, like you and you're, you're an Eddie Hitler from Bottom, big Emmerdale fans. There you go. I, I I don't know why, and I I I'll never deliberately watch it. But if it's on, even I, even Drinkles annoys you, and he he <laughs> makes him look clever. Yeah, we see. Listen, what we've all learned here. Some days it's best to ignore Drinkles wittering in topics, just in case. Uh, just in case he gets notions about about uh, about his his standard of taste here, we can't have it. Listen, there is one more question. I'm going to flag it up now because I've I've marked it for next week. We're going to do it next week because we're running out of time. And the question well, I've told you already, you've got three wishes. One is a football wish. One is for you personally, and one's for someone else. And those other two have to be non-footy. I'm going to ask you what they are. That question's coming up next week. Just flag it up for the listeners to be thinking about as well now let's finish it up for the week uh, that is where we should finalize this particular episode of the anvil index podcast my th- thank the dastardly duo of copac and branch which now that i say it sounds like a a lawyer firm that i definitely I know, I like that. I'm going yeah, that. I, I i sorry i would not i would not uh, engage your services <laughs> Uh, but anyway, thanks to the two lads for another solid showing. Before we leave, Carl, I believe you've got some major news you might want to explain a little bit in detail. I have, thank you. Um, firstly, I'd like to very, very quick look at one thing, which is I, um, I, I talk about our website, um, Some Green Grass in a Bull. Uh, this week's article is an interview with Amanda Jacks, who's the caseworker from the Football Supporters Federation, which I urge you to uh, to read, not because of what I've done, but basically because she's a fascinating woman. It's really interesting work she's doing, so I recommend that. Um, my big news is my novel is out on Monday. It's finally out. It's on Kindle, available now as a pre-order. It's called Falling Without Landing. And the premise is this, Trevor. I'm going to ask you both this, actually. If 
say you were massively famous, and I'm stretching reality a bit here, um, and you wanted to get away from your life forever. You wanted to just disappear. You've got the means. You can just go. You found somewhere you can go and live a peaceful life away from the people that annoy you. But some, when you go away, because the people are annoyed that you've gone away, they make up some horrible, horrible stories about you. Um, and ruin your name in the worst Jimmy Savile possible way. Ooh. Do you go back and change it? Or do you live in your newly or found do you live in your newly obscurity? Found. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I, I would draw your attention to Exhibit A of the Nazis, and they didn't come back. <laughs> so I would say, <laughs> I would say I'd stay in South America under my newly assumed name. Uh, that would be me. Cam, what's your, what's your answer for Carl? Yeah, I'd, I'd stay away. Why Why would I worry about what other people think about me now? But it would eat away at you. It's a really good premise. Uh, it is a really good premise, because it would eat away at you. Nah. Some, someone's wrote a book about it. Living in my little little bit of paradise, how would it reach me? Mm. Well, you know. That's the whole point, Carl. Right? Yeah, you, you yeah. know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Character knows. Yeah. So, nah. yeah, I, people, I, people say it now. What's the difference? That's true. That's a very good but point. Ju- but just imagine you found the perfect shed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if I found the perfect shed, why would I want to leave it? That's very true. Well, if you, if the fact that you don't anyway, my absurdity. <laughs> Yeah, you see, that's that's a whole different thing. He's like he's like Red from uh, from Shawshank Redemption. There, he's you know he's kind of institutionalized. Institutionalized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Carl, complete the information about the novel. Yeah, so, how people uh, pick them. It's my second novel. I thought Following That Landing is available on Amazon Kindle as a download. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, give a shout out to my uh, my mate and brother Alistair McKenzie, who is my copy editor. He put some sterling work on it. Um, and also my cousin who was, uh, works for the police. There's been, there's been research, actual research done on this one. Uh, my friend Mel, who's a forensic pathologist, and I've got tons of work done on it. And I'm very proud of it. It's five pounds. It's, um, so it's the price of a London pint. And, um, I think you'd enjoy it. Right, folks, you know what to do. That's as much detail as we can, as we can cram in. And we will mention it again next week and remind you of where you can get your hands on falling without landing. Oh, several, believe me, several months within this one. There, yeah, okay. We, we, uh, it's four years to write. We are going to flog. <laughs> we are going to flog this horse to within an inch of its equine life. Um, Cam, before we leave, uh, any major works of creativity you'd like to announce? Um, what me works of creativity? Nah, dude, don't don't undersell yourself, man. Don't undersell yourself. <laughs> I, I do have a couple of little quotes for our good listeners. Um, just a couple of lines, and hopefully. Make, maybe uh, help people see things in a better light because life is good if you want it to be. So first one is start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. Ooh. Get that all over your Instagram tomorrow. Yeah. I love that. Go ahead. Yeah, what's, that? what's up next? If you believe it will work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you will see obstacles. Good Christ. You're like a you're like a little Yoda there, fella. Yes, yeah. It's the shed Yoda. Yeah. The shed. Oh, and there we go with the name of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, shed Yoda. Thank you, Carl. Yeah. Why would you do that to me every week? 
That's fantastic. You know, all the titles are about you. It's going to keep the last 10 seconds of the program. It's, it? it's either myself or Carl just decided to say something completely derogatory about Cam, and it will be the title. That's just how it's going to go. Uh, just in case you're new to the show, folks, that's how it's going to go. And we yeah. should we should finish up at this point because it's going on and on. So let me thank you, lovely listener, on behalf of us all here at the AIP. Uh, you are absolutely treasured and absolutely essential part of this show, the continued success thereof and the growth of it. We appreciate you very much. So pass on the good word if you would. Sign up for AI Pro. Steal yourself ahead of the new season. Be kind to your fellow Reds. And yes, stay safe out there. Podcast Network.